0: So I always promised myself that if I was ever a boss that I would make people feel like loved and appreciated and taken care of, I'm like tearing up because that was always really important to me because I feel like before I was a boss, I always worked so hard for other people mm-hmm. and I gave it my all. I worked evenings, weekends, I did whatever it took. I'm just like, why can't just people be nice?
1: Hi everyone, I'm your host Karen Bond, founder and creative director of House of Bond, The interior design studio in Vancouver. Over the past 15 years of running my firm, I've learned a thing or two about what makes a creative business successful. Everything from sales to operations to marketing. I mentioned that I have a Netflix show, right? Well, I've always said that in order to grow professionally, you have to grow personally. Leveling up requires pushing past your comfort zone, taking risks, and sometimes making mistakes. This podcast covers all of the above. I talk to inspiring entrepreneurs and prolific creatives about their own business journeys. The stories include acts of courage, moments of self-discovery, failures, victories, and all the learning in between. My goal with this podcast is to build community and serve you by providing advice, insight, and aha moments that you can apply to your own business and life. Take what speaks to you and leave the rest, but join me on this journey and welcome to my show. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have a real treat for you because I have Miss Jillian Harris on the show. For those of you who don't know, Jillian Harris is a Canadian interior designer and television personality. She's best known for her roles on The Bachelor as well as The Bachelorette, where she was the franchise's first Canadian star. That's pretty big. She was the first Canadian to appear on The Bachelorette. So a big deal. Uh, She later became the host of Love It or List It Vancouver, which aired for a number of seasons on HGTV, the Home and Garden Network. And all this said, do not be fooled that this woman is simply a TV personality because she is also an incredible businesswoman and entrepreneur. She's the founder of JillianHarris.com, which is a lifestyle website that features content related to design, fashion, food, and her personal family life. She's built a social media audience that includes 1.3 million followers on Instagram. It's pretty big in this neck of the woods over here in Canada. And her business includes everything from collaborations to partnerships, even a cookbook, as well as the incredible Jelly Box, which we'll talk about in this conversation. Now, for you listeners, it's important that I tell you that we recorded this conversation almost three years ago, and this was in the early stages of when I was trying to put together this very podcast, Uh, and I interviewed a few local entrepreneurs about their businesses and ended up launching this series on my YouTube channel as video only called In Good Company. Well, as it goes with entrepreneurial ventures, things evolve and change along the way, Jill and I do talk a lot about that in this conversation and so even though I debated whether or not I would repurpose this for audio for this podcast, in the end I thought you know what this is part of the entrepreneurial story, this is part of the journey so why not? This is a great conversation, we talk a lot about what it took for Jillian to build her brand how she did it, how she built her team and how she built really this incredible business and social media presence that if you are in this neck of the woods, we're all so familiar with. Oh yes. And I will tell you, (laughs) uh, we hadn't seen each other for a while. So when we got together, it was during COVID and we were sitting outside in the Okanagan at Quail's Gate Winery which is nice. Uh, the audio is a little different than what you may be familiar with, with this podcast, but that's okay. And admittedly, I think we were about a bottle and a half deep by the end of this chat. (laughs) So you may hear that, but without further ado, this is a great conversation between two old colleagues. So I would recommend that you pour yourself a glass of wine as you come along this audio journey with us. What I want to do on this show is tell your entrepreneurial story. Okay, cool. I love it. From your eyes? From your eyes. From my eyes. Oh, from my <laughs> eyes.
0: Like, you, you go ahead, you guys. I'm just going to sit here. Drink I'm wine. Drink wine
1: and listen. Karen, tell my story. On that note, we are in Kelowna. Ooh. Jillian's Stomping Ground. One of my favorite places, Quail's Gate. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful day. We are drinking Quail's Gate Rosemary's Block. Mm-hmm. Recommended by Jillian. It's very good. I would recommend it now that I've tasted yes. it. Delicious. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And um, <laughs> we're sitting at the beautiful lake house. Yeah. At Quells Gate. It's beautiful here, hey? Yeah. Can I tell everyone how we know each other? I would love that. Okay, yes. let's set up let's set this up. So Kay. I met Jillian for the first time. I think this was like sixteen years ago. Yeah. So we were part of the opening team of Browns. At that point we met the first time, was it in school? No, it was at Browns. School was
0: later. Did we decide to go to school together? No, we just
1: our paths crossed paths. Okay. So we met at Browns. We were part of the opening team. We opened the very first one in North Vancouver, which I think was like sixteen or seventeen years ago. Yes. And I remember
0: Yes, I think so. Longer ago? no that's about right wait so bachelor was like 11 years ago and then there was like maybe two years in between so yeah i would say good i would say 13 to 15. i'm pretty sure it's 2004 so let's do the math on that it's I'm 2020
1: 16 years ago 16 years ago where's my cane <laughs> and i remember the first day meeting you and i remember you i i because you were this vibrant vivacious person And you're still the exact same person today as you were 16 years ago. And so we met, we were part of the opening team of Brown's Restaurant. And then our paths crossed later um, in design school we used to do Projects homework together. together yeah yeah I would come over to Jillian's house and we would do homework together and I remember this because you had this round white table and we would do drafting
0: homework together yeah. and the pages of our um, our drawings would curl yeah. over the edge <laughs> yes <laughs> and we would drink um, we would drink tea with yes. a vanilla cr- uh, creamer yes. in our Earl Grey tea
1: I remember that this was when Facebook was just coming on the scene
0: yeah and I
1: remember this because I wasn't really that into it I remember you we would be doing homework and then you would bugger off and then you would be on facebook and you just loved it <laughs> it was addicted to social media, social from, the media start. from the very start yeah
0: and then when i came <laughs> off the bachelorette
1: uh-huh.
0: we actually partnered up for a bit yeah karen was like so dedicated to actually like building a successful successful interior design brand but i was never around and i was traveling and i just wanted to like slap my name on our projects and she was like yeah there's actually a lot of work to do so then i went off to do like tv and whatnot and yeah. you stuck it out and started your own business yeah and it just was so cool because we always vibed together. We always had the same energy. We worked really well together. And then we kind of like were together and then apart and then together and apart. Yeah. And so here we are 16 years yeah. later after we it. first met. Yes.
1: Okay. So let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey. Okay. And let's start after the Bachelor and Bachelorette. I want to know how you became the Miss Jillian
0: Harris. At that time, I was probably a little bit like mentally not doing great because I had a relationship with somebody who I knew wasn't into it. But I wanted it so bad, like I wanted to be a mom, I wanted to be a wife, so, so bad. So I felt like out of control with my life. When I feel out of control with something, the one thing I can control is my career. Mm -hmm. So I just was like all about my career. Like when everything was falling apart with Ed and I, I just, I'm like I know I can control this and I, was scared about the internet at that point because at that point, there wasn't Instagram, there was kind of Facebook, and at that time people were really nice on Facebook, but there were troll accounts. What do you want to call those blogs where people like sleuth and they, um, they have like oh conspiracy about shows, and they like, there's like huge threads all about like Jillian Harris, <laughs> and they would, they would bully me and talk badly about me and I just remember feeling so insecure. When did you come off so the that? This would have been 2008 or 2009. Okay, yeah. So I've been 28 or 29 and I just felt like I wasn't worthy, I felt ugly, I didn't feel pretty because I knew my relationship with Ed wasn't doing well. There was blonde girls and skinny girls and more successful girls and girls who had st- stuck with their career. And now I'm this like short raspy voice big nose Canadian that came off the bachelorette whose fiance now doesn't want her. And I was like, what right. is my... So at one point, I was like 95 pounds and was so lost. I was, like, drinking heavily. I was sleeping all day. I just had, like, no... Desire to do anything, and I remember my parents being really concerned, and saying like, "Maybe this wasn't worth it after all. Like, maybe you shouldn't have done this. You had such a good job in like restaurant design. It was designing for Browns. I was doing Pinkies. I was like, everybody thought I had this really cool career, and I was so young. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, crap. I'm like, I cannot let this situation. Take me down. I have such an opportunity. Like, what are my choices right now? My choices are either hide from the, from the world and run away and go back to doing what I was doing before, which wasn't so bad, or take the bull by the horns and take this opportunity to run with it. It's like you go on stage and you have all these people that are waiting for you to say something, and are you going to say something and make them laugh and do something with it, or are you just going to run away?
1: your designer, I am always looking for great lighting. So I'm really excited to introduce you to today's episode sponsor, which is The Lighting Warehouse. Now, if you've never been to The Lighting Warehouse, you've got to go because they have one of the largest lighting displays in all of Vancouver. Their showroom is 15,000 square feet and they have a huge selection of designer lines. Some of my personal favorites are Visual Comfort, Curry & Co. Arteriors and one of my top lighting lines, Kelly Wurstler. You can actually find it at the Lighting Warehouse. They are a family-run business since 1975. Two generations of family, so shout out to our family-run businesses. And I've used the Lighting Warehouse on a number of my projects. In fact, I've actually used the Lighting Warehouse on my own townhouse I had a big, beautiful, oversized black and gold chandelier hanging in my principal bedroom and I absolutely loved it. Now, if you're in the market for new lighting, then you've got to check out the lighting warehouse for all of your lighting needs. They're linked down below in the show notes for this episode.
0: So I was like, this is my chance. This is my chance to do something, so.
1: And did you find that overwhelming, like, or were you, I mean, coming off The Bachelorette and and now all of a sudden having so many eyeballs on you. I know that Jillian has always wanted to do TV. Mm
0: -hmm. Always.
1: (laughs) So So it was like, it was like. Let me tell you a story
0: though. But pre-Bachelorette, you know this story already, but the viewers may not know. So I worked for a company called Cactus Club as a designer, but I didn't really have any design background. How they gave me that job is beyond me. But anyways, I actually kind of got fired from that job. And the reason why I got fired I, is <laughs> Richard Jaffray, who is the president and owner of the Cactus Club, sat me down in his office. And no offense, Richard, if you're watching this, but he's kind of a scary, like, you're not gonna cut it around here. And I'm like, ha, ha 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 And he told me that the reason why is that I just wasn't corporate enough. Right. I just wasn't corporate enough. And I remember somebody saying like, oh, you walk around without your shoes on and you're really loud. <laughs> and I, but. I was somehow supposed to be like feel complimented by that and I was so offended thinking like who cares what my personality is like and he looked at me straight in the eye and he said it's like I feel like you need to be on TV and I'm like okay so i'm driving home and i'm telling my parents about this conversation and i'm like having one of these cries right and, he, and i'm like and then he said that i was supposed to be on tv with a like, is that supposed to mean like how do i even go oh, yeah, okay richard i'll just go get a job as a tv host like how's that supposed to happen like everybody wants to be a tv host like how am i supposed to get that job about three or four years later i came off the bachelor and bachelorette and i ran into him in tofino and he had a surfboard and he was like how's it going i'm like good he's like so I was right. And I'm like, how did you manifest my dreams? I thought that he was the craziest, meanest, baddest person ever, but he and that whole crew at Catch Club knew that I was destined for something different. Did you
1: not think that at like, you as five or 10, did you not, I feel like you would have always
0: been this little performer, this like was, outgoing, but... you, like uh, social butterfly. Yeah, but acting, like I took drama classes in high school and improv classes because people would always tell me what you're saying. And I I froze. Like I had, I was insecure as a kid. So another story. I applied. This is back in the day where WestJet used to hire their flight attendants. Their flight attendants. Yeah they would, I would almost be like um, improv. It was less about how much you knew about flying and more like how what was your personality mm. like and how you can make people laugh. So right. I was probably about 20 or 21 and I ended up getting an interview with WestJet at their head office in Calgary and you had to sit in on like a full day interview and then they put, took you to the next level and the next day is they gave you like a little uh, Card and you had to go up in front of the class and you had to improv and make people laugh and at the end of the day they were like you're smart you're cute you have a big heart but we just don't think that you're good basically on camera like you wouldn't be good on the spot right to and to be funny and so I think that's what got me. I wasn't good at improv in high school. I failed the WestJet thing, and so Richard Jaffray <laughs> let me go. Like WestJet is the benchmark for yeah. whether you can be on TV or not. <laughs> but when I was 20, being a flight yeah. attendant for WestJet, for just sure. seemed like, how, sure. how could life get better? <laughs> so I think I always just did question myself and like what my capabilities were, and I do love talking and entertaining. But no matter how much you love it, when there's cameras on you, you do get awkward. It is nervous.
1: I can't even imagine you getting awkward. So, cause yeah. I remember I... we, and the extrovert that you are, we would be doing homework and then there'd be people coming in and out of the yeah. house. Oh, yeah, and still it she'd like be like, that. okay, we're, we're gonna go out. Do you want to come? And I was like, what? I thought we
0: were doing homework. <laughs> it's still <laughs> so like that. Yeah, totally. We'll be like literally getting ready for bed and people will be coming over with a glass of wine chest like, who's here? like, oh, you shit. Come on in.
1: <laughs> so the bachelorette, um, is wrapped, you've got all this stuff going on personally, and you launch a website, and this is pre-blogger, like the word,
0: I don't even think the word blogger existed. No, it didn't, so I started a website because I wanted to keep in touch with my fans. I wanted to communicate with them and at that point there was only Facebook, Twitter wasn't even a a thing then. Okay, and you didn't answer the question, was it overwhelming or was it
1: exciting that you now had all these eyeballs on you
0: because of the Um, show? I think it was really overwhelming and I would get really bad anxiety because I love, like you said, I love communicating with people, but I like meeting people and letting them discover me on their own. The one thing I didn't like about coming off of TV is now everybody felt like they knew me and I didn't get to... To show them the Jillian Harris who I thought I was like fart jokes funny off the cuff swearing. They just thought that I was just like some Canadian sweetheart and I felt like that's not like, the whole yeah. picture like You're not getting the whole picture yeah. since the bachelorette and I still actually feel this way One of the big ins- biggest insecurities I have is making new friends because I always feel like Like I wish you could just meet me from the very beginning right right yeah. and not know anything else about me Yeah. but yeah so it was overwhelming but I I didn't know what to do with my life then and I thought maybe I would do be like a famous interior designer. (laughs) I like that that you put that in quotations. Yeah, because that's what you are. (laughs) Um, but I didn't really know what that meant either. And so I thought, okay, I'll just keep in touch with them. And actually how the blogging started was that there was a company called Equal. And they actually were, I think, pioneers in the influence area they don't exist anymore which is funny I feel like they got into it too early right and they were representing I think Lauren Conrad or like just a few other people and what they did was they would write all the content for you they would use your name and image they would secure sponsorships and they would keep up to thirty thousand dollars a month and anything that they got after that you would get 50% of it or something and so I worked with them for I think a year or two years wow I remember only getting like a check for like 500 bucks like I don't remember getting any money
1: so you're doing all this work
0: well at that time I wasn't doing a lot of work they were doing a lot for me but yeah I did have to take some photos but I was a shitty photographer at that point but I still was telling my story and I was approving some blogs and whatnot but it really wasn't fully my brand like they kind of did what they thought but yeah I still was doing a lot of work and the reason why I did it at that point is I thought it was good to build my brand I wasn't doing it for the money. I was doing it to build my brand, and they were making probably a half million dollars a year off my brand. But I was like, "Well, this is how you do it, right?" Mm-hmm. My agent at the time—he's awesome. His name is Bill Stanky, and he's not my agent anymore. He was like, "This is a waste of time. This whole website business is a waste of time. What we need to do is get you in to have your own line at Sears, Kmart, like Costco. Right. You need to have your like this is your thing." And I just never felt comfortable with that. I just was like, "How is that gonna work?" Like sure, get me the deal, but no deals ever really came in. And he just kept on saying that over and over again, and I'm like, I, I don't think that that's my destiny. And I loved the website, because I love that it gave me a chance to storytell and communicate with people, and so one day, I just decided to take equal out of the, out of the... Mix? I know what it was. Reward style. This company came to us and kind of said, "You can make all this money. All you have to do is link items that you love, and um, when people buy it, you'll get a commission." And, and did
1: you know about re- Reward style before
0: this, or did they approach you? They approached me, and we. So kind they of- must have been really new at the time. They were so so new. So then I got rid of Equal, and I had Cleo from um, Cleo from oh, Booge, Booge Media. Oh, Yeah. They were running our website, and God bless them. I love them, and they hopefully won't mind me saying this, but I kept asking them. I'm like, what about rewards now? what about rewards now? And They're like, it just seems to be like a lot of work. Like, we do a lot of tagging, a lot of pinning, but we're only making like $300 a month. And right. I was like, and so at the time, my agent was like, you're not gonna make money on a website. Stop with the website thing. It's not gonna make money, it's a waste of your time. You need to have a line at Kmart. Right. Is Kmart even a thing right now? I don't know, but um, I remember Kmart. Kmart, yeah. <laughs> I was so disappointed because I thought for sure, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's people making money uh, Blogging. Okay, yeah. so
1: I just want to say this is what I love about you is that you are so entrepreneurial, and this is and from the very beginning, very beginning, and this is why I was so excited to do this show with you and have you on the show, because in what you're talking about right now with Reward Style, you're like, hmm, but I see
0: something, yeah. I see an opportunity here. There is, and it wasn't happening. Everybody, yeah. like five people, were like, just drop this whole idea, it's not happening. Yeah, and I did have somebody that I wanted to mention beforehand. Do you remember Dana? No. She would say things to me like. Earth! don't worry about it like it's not a big deal like <laughs> yeah. let's go have some wine like it's fine and I was like I loved her for that she made me less stressed out but I was like Anna like we got to get on this reward style thing she ended up getting pregnant and left me and I thought my life was over I could not imagine a life without her she, so she was your assistant she was my assistant okay and I loved her so much she calmed me she was funny there was not really a work-life balance but it was lovely the way she did it like she was just my person and I just And thought, how long was she with you she was with me for at least a couple years I think okay yeah and so I wrote something on my personal Facebook page saying, if anybody's looking for a job, you kind of need to know how to blog. And Justin's friend was like, oh, my girlfriend, Shay, is looking for a new job, and I'm like, can she blog? And he's like, I don't think so. I'm like, but she'd have to quit her job. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I said, let's let's meet at Whole Foods on Camby, and we did, and I just fell in love with her the second I saw her. She was Why? just I don't know, she was just so smiley, she had like a sparkle in her eye, and her outfit was cute, and she was just so innocent, and so eager, and she's Plus, still she's that beautiful, way. She's and so I, wish, beautiful. I wish she
1: was here right now so we could just pan to shade, yeah. get a, like a
0: shot of her, but we'll get a photo yeah. to like insert. She is so beautiful, and she's like a beautiful human being as well. And so originally, I, what I tell most people that I that work for us is when we they first start out, is usually it's part time or contract, but you could make this job whatever you want it to. Whatever, when you get into this business and you see that all of a sudden you could do this with a company or that company, I'm free reign. You can do it, just give me a heads up.
1: Again, the entrepreneur
0: in you. Like I feel
1: like you you make your own opportunities and you probably see that in other people.
0: Yeah, because I think in other jobs I had before and I was never allowed to branch out. Right. So at that time, I was like, the world's your oyster. So Shay and I started and after like six months, we were doing like $3,000 a month, $10,000 a month, one month, I think we did like thirty thousand dollars. Like it was from in, reward style. Reward style, just reward style. Amazing. Now we're not doing as much with reward style because we're less focused on selling. Yeah. But reward style was pivotal for us because we were like, oh my god, this is crazy. That's why we decided to hire Mindy. Clearly, there were you a few were people before Mindy, but yeah. Yeah, but
1: and clearly you were doing reward style at the right time
0: when they were kind of getting yeah. off the
1: ground. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they're looking to you because you had just come off the bachelorette. You've got this following. you're yeah. You're building your social media and. And um, you've always been a fashionista.
0: Karen, I remember <laughs> being at our old house. We just started Rewardsdale. We're like a year into Rewardsdale and they were like, oh, it's Black Friday or something like this. And um, this is what we recommend you do. Link your favorite items, do a couple of posts. Shay and I worked really hard in doing that. I don't think Mindy was working for us yet. And I remember looking at my phone and refreshing it, refreshing it, and we did like nine grand in one day. My gosh. I just was off like, of rewards style. Just off of rewards style. Amazing. I was like, good for that was you, like girl. a one-day thing. That was like a one-day thing, yeah. I was like, oh my god, like Shay and I were crying. I was like, we're going to Hawaii. Like I took her to Hawaii. Like, I feel like I need to cheers you on Thank that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So it was super, super cool. We were doing so good on rewards style that Shay was like, she couldn't keep up. We'd hired a few people for her, they weren't working out. And Mindy, who's been with us now for like three or four years, I've known her since she was like three. See, I feel like you're fast forwarding,
1: because you're going to three years ago from Shay. So how long has Shay been with you? Eight years. Okay, then we've got a five-year gap here. Between Shay and Mindy. Yeah, one second, one second. What happened? Where's Shay? Shay, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) So you go from this website with equal, not working, reward style. Yeah. And then it, you must have launched your blog at yes. some point.
0: The problem with my blog then is we were taking anything and everything at that point. And I'll remember this partnership forever and ever. My agent still at the time, the old guy Bill, he was like, calls me one day, he's like, hey, do you like cats? And I'm like, not really. He's like, do you have a cat? I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, well, if you saw a cat, <laughs> would you run it over? I'm like, oh, God, no, I would never run it over. But I'm not just not a cat person. But I like if I saw a cat, I'd be like, oh, hey, kitty. But... i I probably will never have a cat maybe a farm cat at the farm whatever you're a dog girl you've got two dogs yeah i said why he's like well i have an opportunity with you for a cat based uh partnership and i was like how's that gonna work though if i don't have a cat and he's like it's and also it's a kitty litter partnership and i was like oh god i'm like I can't, I don't even have a cat, let alone talking about kitty litter. And he, it was kind of an interesting partnership where I had to go and renovate somebody's kitty litter space to make it pretty. And I was like, okay, I kind of see the tie in, I understand, and I'm like, but still I don't get it. And he was like, it's one day is grand. Are you in or I'm like, oh, I'm in, yeah. I'm in. You know what, it's a stretch, but we can make yeah. this happen. I was like, absolutely. And so there were several <laughs> partnerships like that in, yeah. even up to like a few years ago, where I was like, oh, uh, I don't see it, but like, I'm not selling cocaine, so let's go for it, kind of thing. Like, I'm, it's not off brand, but it's not on brand, kind of thing. And that's how all of these partnerships started to feel. Some of them would pay six digits for like one day and I was like, woo! But I just felt icky at night, I felt icky. The product wasn't bad. It might be like dish detergent or something. It's stuff that we all have in our home anyways. Like, it's like, it's not bad, but I know that's not the one that I'm using or buying. And so I just really wanted it to always be authentic. And I realized I love my job so much and I always wanted to have people's trust. Oh, sorry, I have to interject because when you say, when you, you
1: love your job so much, at that time, when you're referring to it, what was your
0: job? So my job. Like, were back you yet? an influencer? Oh, right, and I forgot. I was filming *Love It or List It*. Yes. I was, I oh Love my God, people. So *Love It <laughs> or List It* was my main thing. There were so many things that happened in there. I did a I did a rug line with a company called Korhani, and they, had the, they brought me to Toronto, and then the most beautiful rugs, and I was like, "This is a dream." And I signed the contract, and then they sent me the swatch of what I got to choose from. And I'm not kidding; it was like forest green, burgundy, and brown, and white, like and navy. Your designs have to be one inch by one inch. It was, and we're going to sell them at no frills. There was a lot of things that happened along the way that we learned from. That we we're like, this is disastrous. Like, this is not what I imagined. Right. But a lot of my fans who are probably watching this bought the rugs, loved the rugs, but it just wasn't my... You weren't personally invested in this. Yeah. And after every partnership, which I should add them all up, how many hundreds of partnerships, after every one, we always did what's called a postmortem, where we would analyze the partnership like what went well what didn't feel right what didn't go good what could kind have of made it smoother how did we charge and every partnership we'd ask for a post mortem from the, the partner as well like right. how did you feel like how did I do so did it perform smart. like were my fees on point like is there anything that you would change and so every time we would just like tweak things like such valuable information yeah, oh my post-mortem. gosh and I think no matter what business you're in a post mortem is just following up as, oh my gosh
1: I'm hearing you say yeah. this and it's like I've been thinking about doing this for years yeah. and years and years with my interior design business and I feel like, and just haven't implemented it. But every time, like hearing you, I'm like, we
0: really got to do this. Yeah. So, another thing, I'm fast forward, I'm all over the place. But now, currently, current day today, we do monthly meetings. And every monthly meeting has the exact same format every time. Every single month, I stand up and I talk about where the company started from, where we are today, and what our vision is. And we have like a big vision board. Cool. And there's like funny things on there, like Jilly Town and like all oh. these different things. Like, like, you know, like magnolia. like, you yeah, know, like, totally. there's all these things in yeah. there. And um, we start every one where I have my cup of coffee, we joke around about that. And then we talk about what happened last month, what didn't work, what did work, how could we do better, what's happening this month, and what are we going to do in the future?
1: And do you have different
0: departments or
1: does everyone kind of work together?
0: Everybody does work together, but we're definitely starting to, like, separate a little bit more yeah. as we grow. But we definitely have very specific roles, and another thing I would recommend as a leader is we actually hired a business coach it's funny because i think about her credentials and she started off as a yoga teacher and then she actually came to us as like a stress management person like how to like breathe and how to like focus on your energy but she ended up giving us advice business-wise and it's all about systems which I fucking hate because I'm yeah. so loosey-goosey yeah but systems help reel everybody else in yes. you can be loosey-goosey I can be loosey-goosey but if there's no systems then everybody else is running around the kitchen with their head cut off yeah so there needs to be systems written down everybody needs to have a job description there's got to be a process for everything yeah,
1: uh, yeah it's got to be a little bit routine yeah. and unfortunately when you're building a big business that that structure is the only thing that sets you free totally
0: and as as somebody who's the creative person in the company I'll never be be set free as a creative unless we have those systems a hundred percent and so if your employees do rotate or evolve then you're gonna go through that training process those like trial and tribulations and that like anguish every single time no but if you have the systems and you can onboard them properly then they know that when they come to your house for a shoot, they don't park in the driveway, they don't let Nacho out, unless they ask, like, these are the things, I'm like, where's, where's the fucking dog, where's the dog? <laughs> oh, I let him out, he's scratching in the room. I'm like, oh my God, Nacho's that's, gone. Like, that's not protocol. <laughs> yeah, so now they just
1: know, right? Can you just, for the people that are watching, hmm just flex a little, whatever that means to you, like whatever you can share, like how big is your team, how um, numbers, I mean you don't have to talk about revenue, but like percentage and growth, or just whatever you're comfortable to paint the picture for people who are entrepreneurs and who are really curious about what you're doing. Yeah,
0: Two businesses kind of, Box, and we call it JHD, which is Jillian Harris Design, but what are we designing? I mean, we're designing, it's more of a lifestyle (laughs) thing. We need to change that. I don't know what it is, but uh, I would <laughs> say both businesses are like revenue multi million dollar, which Great. is awesome. Amazing. But Jilly Box is crazy because the overhead is so insane in the Jelly Box because you have to buy the items, there's insurance, you have to pay for it the distribution for people to put the boxes together, then you have to ship them out because shipping's included. Why did we say shipping was included? Why did not why don't we just charge for shipping? All uh, the things that you learn along the way. Off. So <laughs> the overhead for Jilly Box and like the actual money in your pocket at the end of the day is like mm, but it is really really cool and it's fun and the whole point of Box was to support other small businesses support the community build mm-hmm. our community and it really has done that and not to say we're you know we're, we're doing well in our first year it's been successful And okay
1: I have to ask you a question but, about Box because I feel like it's been a huge success yeah. A huge success, and from my understanding, and one thing I was saying in the car ride over here, and we were talking about how you have done an amazing job at like building up this loyal, so loyal, so loyal, loyal fan yeah. base, loyal following, and like you said, you had started with reward style.
0: They're loyal, but they hold me like they, they are. They hold you
1: accountable. Okay, good. Keep they doing are, that. They are so my like, vocal. So and you so you started with reward style clothing. A fit yeah. which then kind of parlayed into um, your own collaborations with like Priv, right. right? your own clothing line, stuff like that yeah. and so you have an audience who is getting really used to your style and who you are yeah. and really hungry for the
0: next thing yeah. and then next thing you know it was their idea. They Jillian launches me. the jewel yeah. Box. It was their idea. And the reason why I was doing collaborations, everybody was asking like, why don't you have your own clothing line? And I was like, well, I'm not a professional in clothing line. I'm not a professional in rugs. And I also loved our partners at the time. So I'm like, why don't we all share the love? Like if yeah. I could help Smash & Tess grow their brand or Melanie Ald grow their brand, they know how to manufacture jewelry. I'll help them design it. I'll put my name on it. It'll be a win-win. I don't have to deal with customer service, distribution fulfillment, anything like that, it will be, like, there's a lot of headaches and risk and money that goes into customer inventory? service, inventory, yeah. um, insurance, distribution, all that kind of stuff. So why don't I just partner with companies that already love 99.9% of the companies we partner with are either women-owned, small family, Canadian, like, it has to be one of those things. I'm sure one day there will be my own line of something, but... I haven't had that desire yet because we've, par- like, it's been so gratifying partnering with all these other companies. Yeah. But then it got too many inquiries to do collaborations. And so Tyler, my current agent, she was like, this would be a great opportunity. Instead of doing one or two collaborations a year, you could basically do like 10 collaborations a season in these boxes. So it made sense instead of always having all these sponsor posts on my feed. Well, and I, I think I remember because I do,
1: I do watch Jillian's social media closely, like especially mm. on Instagram, especially your stories. And I was telling you earlier that they're so entertaining and I remember Watching a story, when I think you were in Vancouver at the Pack Rim and you yeah. were doing lunch with your team, yeah. and you were asking the audience, you were asking them about the Jelly Box, and you were like, you were basically doing a focus group with your audience yeah. and going, you know, what's how, how, what would you be willing to spend on the Jelly Box? It's like, $50, yeah. Is it like fifty dollars? Is it four hundred dollars? Like where, where are you? And you kept asking them all these questions, and I was like, wow, that's really
0: cool that you are. Well, we were trying to figure it out, but we didn't know what we were doing. So I'm like, let's just ask the people. Yeah. Uh, let's just find out. Yeah. But still, then we still didn't know what we were doing. Doing. we had no idea how much work the business was and how expensive it was and like we're like and and also we'll include shipping but if you do the math it's $15 to ship each box and you've got 12,000 boxes so your Canada Post bill is a good like 200 grand every quarter and you're <laughs> <Yeah>. like uh.
1: <laughs> but that is yeah. really uh, that's what you that's the entrepreneurial story yeah. right is you no one knows going into it
0: what yeah, this is going to totally. be and, and i think I a have... lot of people think like okay they do the math she's telling selling 10,000 boxes at $170 like oh this girl must be so rich but once you pay the fulfillment team, Canada Post, and there's a tech team, your team. It, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, the money yeah. goes here. Like you see the account in the morning, and then you see the account the next day. Yeah, totally. But totally. It's, it's cool. It's still fun. <laughs>
1: well, okay. And so I had heard that um, the first jelly box yeah. When was the first Jilly box?
0: October twentieth of last year.
1: I had heard, and correct me if I'm wrong. Well, you'll tell this story. Yeah. But that you. There's this whole lead up to the Jilly box. Yeah. so You can
0: buy it. I think I I think I amped it up more than I thought. How many people are in the queue to buy the jelly box? So it said that there was 180,000, okay. but in actuality, there was some glitches. And you're buying it through your website, right? Yes. Okay. So we kind of made a lot of mistakes along the way. We just did not anticipate. I, th- I thought I would be happy if I sold all 5,000 boxes. Because that's
1: so- how many you were releasing in the beginning, was 5,000 boxes, yeah, right? I- like, you, you're you working with these small businesses, 5,000 boxes. And
0: people ask, like, well, you have 1.2 million followers. Like, how did you think 5,000 boxes would be enough? But we did do a lot of research on all the other partnerships we'd done in the past. And those numbers were anywhere between 3,500 and 5,000. And that was for a $120 item and you knew what you were getting. So if this is a surprise box, you don't know what you're getting, it's $170. Yeah, I honestly didn't think more than 5,000 people were gonna sign up on the first day. Right. I, I just didn't understand how based on our previous I love figures. This. So there's
1: hundred and eighty thousand people in the queue. So, yes. And you only
0: have five thousand boxes. And I had also heard But people were people were getting out and coming back in, so okay. it was actually more like hundred thousand. Okay, still. Yeah. There's hundred thousand yeah. people yeah. and you've <laughs> only got five thousand boxes. And people are pissed.
1: And people are pissed so because <laughs> they're in the queue for over 24 hours. Yes. People
0: have sat on their computers 24 hours, and I'm like, so at first when this is happening, we're like, Woo! Like, we're we got we 5,000, oh my God, we got, got 6,000. And when we got up to like 10, 20, 30,000, we were like, oh no, oh no. Oh my God, we're, oh my God, we're at 80. Oh my God, and I was like getting sick. I'm like, at first we popped champagne, but then we're like, stop drinking. Everybody <laughs> stop drinking, whoa, whoa. I need everybody to be sober now. <laughs> and also, I will tell you that I don't know for sure, but I think there was, some, pardon my language, some fuckery going around with our tech um, situation, with right. our hosting. They were like, oh yeah, you're maxed out at your at your quota or whatever. And then we're like, you need to spend an extra five, six, 10, 20, $40,000 or whatever and I was like, wait a second, um, this is a month? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, but we're only doing quarterly launches, and I'm having to make these decisions as people, my phone is blowing up, and people are like, can you get me one, can you get me one? Like, what's happening? I'm I'm your aunt, like, I can't get one, And yeah. honey! I'm like, oh. it's Karen, I'm your friend from 16 years ago, can you get me one? Yeah. No, and I'm like, oh my gosh, people are upset, like, how could she have done this? This is a complete gong show, this is so unprofessional, and we're having to make these decisions on the day, like, do you want to spend an extra 40 grand a year, an extra 100 grand a year on, like, hosting? I'm like, but wait how is this possible like Ticketmaster masters selling all these tickets oh well they're spending the money but you don't know you you don't know what is right and what is wrong you've yeah. never done this before the website that was built wasn't built to support that kind of traffic well and this, I, I was just gonna say this is a testament
1: to what I was saying earlier about how much you have built and connected this following and this audience and these fans who have been buying and really like admiring your style, yeah. and have been hungry for what's next. Like I really feel like you have an audience. Are that's, are amazing. What is Jilly
0: going to put out? Because I want it. And that was the thing is I always want people to trust me, yeah. and that's when my partnership started to change. Ooh. Because I always joke, and by now somebody at Depends has to have this message, and. Pass it on and pass it on to the next person, next person. But I am going to be the face It Depends when I'm 80 years old and I'm still going to be doing this. I love You're it. You're going to be buying my diapers we're yeah. shitting our pants together. Totally. It's going to be I'm so in. cute. They're going to have a little lace insert. It's going to be in. amazing. Yeah. But like I want, I, I don't ever want to lose the trust because I love storytelling and I love being able to collaborate. I love that. So at one point I was like, I have to only... Put my name on things that I really believe in. Yeah.
1: And, and I love that you just said uh, that you want people to trust you. Yeah, totally. You want people to trust yeah. you. I feel like there's so many questions that I gotta ask you. Literally, I have five cue cards here oh of God. questions. Because there's really two things that I wanna to talk to you about your business before we get into the rapid fire. Okay. And the two things are I, you have done such an amazing job. You're making at, me feel so
0: good about myself. i yeah. want to go home with such a. Co- yeah. oh, I'm, living, I'm the best. Yeah, just kidding. You no, are. I'm, you're I'm amazing. Not, not, not.
1: You have done such an amazing job of building and cultivating a team yeah and a really cool culture. Maybe we can uh, angle this where you can give me some personal advice because I have kind of watched. How many
0: people do you have? We're 10. This um, is so awesome. I want to do this reverse. We'll do but reverse. I get my own <laughs> vlog, <laughs> vlog,
1: <laughs> what, we'll podcast. You said that Shay, she's been with you for eight years? Eight, eight years. Yeah. Eight
0: years. Okay. In fact, she's leaving tomorrow morning for a surprise uh, Fairmont tour. Oh my Mont god, tour. I thought you were going to say she's leaving tomorrow. No, no, like she's say, going a- for a surprise birthday that she doesn't know about uh, for a Fairmont tour. She's going to Bounce oh, Springs like Louise fun. and Jasper for a 30th and oh, with her best friend and that's her husband. Awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited. So
1: I've really admired the culture that you've built. Thank you. Or at least from the outside. You yeah. can tell me. You can confirm this. You have this really great relationship with the people that you, that work yeah. in-house yeah. at JH The Brand. Yeah. Where your colleagues, their employees, your friends, yeah. it's kind of all in one package. And I feel like that that's really amazing and actually very difficult to do so talk about
0: both sides of it so it is true we i think i do have an amazing relationship with everybody but it has been difficult to have friendships and work relationships especially even think about like shay and i she basically runs this company but she's in my bridal party i would consider her my best friend but we have really hard boundaries and hard conversations so sometimes i'm like I wish it could just be back in the good old days where we would like just go to Hawaii and get drunk and there was no pressure. But, so there's two reasons. The one reason for sure is I always had really hard bosses that were never really nice to me. I really owe a lot of my success to them. Um, a woman named Flo, a guy named Scott. Like I always had bosses. I did have good bosses, I'm sure, along the way, so if they're watching this, I'm sorry. But there were some people that were really hard on me and i felt mean and i just never felt really loved and appreciated and i remember having conversations with my parents and my dad is super old school and he'd be like are you getting a paycheck and i would say yeah and he's like that's fucking good enough like don't worry about anything else but i always thought there has to be like if you're working so hard for somebody else can they not love you and treat you good and make you feel good and so i always promised myself that if i was ever a boss that i would make people feel like loved and appreciated and taken care of I'm like tearing up because that was always really important to me because I feel like before I was a boss, I always worked so hard for other people Mm -hmm. and I gave it my all. I worked evenings, weekends, I did whatever it took. I took care of drunk people, drunk bosses. And so I'm just like, why can't just people be nice? The restaurant industry? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like really relating to you as you get a little bit emotional about this because I feel like it's true as a boss. And it's like really strange when, it's a nine-to-five for people, but you totally understand that and respect it, and not everybody is gonna be super invested in it. That's totally fine. It's okay for it to be a nine-to-five, but it's just, it can be weird because you're not a nine-to-five girl.
0: Totally. I love my job so much that I also want them to also love their job, and so I feel like the better I treat them, the more they'll love their job. Mm -hmm. That's one thing, yes. The third thing, is that um, my mom pointed this out to me a long time ago, is she thinks I have what's called survivor's guilt, oh. which is where like I feel like I've been so successful in my career and whatnot that I don't wanna feel different than my peers and my cousins yes. and my friends and everything. So I don't want to feel like the rich girl or successful girl. I just wanna be the same as everybody else. And so for me, sometimes I just feel guilty if I'm all like bossy and like, oh, this is this and that is that. I'm like, well, I don't want to be- make anybody feel like I'm better than them. I want everybody to feel the same as me. And that's just something that my mom said I've always had as a little girl. Like if I like, made a bunch of money, at, like, I, used to always, I was always trying to make money when I was a kid. I'd have garage sales all the time. I'd sell all my mom's shit. And then I'd go and distribute my money or buy stuff for my friends with it. And my mom was like, what was the point? I sold my mom's like elliptical machine one time without <laughs> telling her. Oh, and then the challenges with also having these close
1: relationships. Because I think about that a lot. <laughs> and that's probably something for me as a boss. Um, and I'm being totally honest when I say that I sometimes look to you and, and sort of watch how you are with your team because for me, somewhere along the way, I was taught that like work is separate, right? Yeah. And if you're too close to the people that you work yeah. with,
0: now it, it becomes amazing. difficult to manage. It, and that has happened with us and that's where like our co- uh, coach, Jamie, would always say, like there's too much crossover here. like I know you're nice, but no, you can't do this. And which is weird because you want to be close. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Up to probably last year, I was like, this job is whenever I say it is. Evenings, weekends, blah, blah, blah. But um, around when COVID hit, or maybe just before then, I think just like knowing that I didn't really have maternity leave with either of the kids and also my mom struggled with mental health a lot and I'm just like I don't want anybody in my like circle or that works for me to feel that they have to work so hard that it's going to compromise their mental health or their husband's mental health or their kid's mental health so now we have like an unlimited mental health fund like if your family if your husband needs to go to therapy if your kids need to go to therapy I don't care what the bill is because if your husband's stressed out or going totally. go through depression it's going to affect you totally. if your kids so I'm like I don't care what the bill is, you submit it, I'll take care of it. It doesn't matter. I want everybody to have like the best mental health Ever. But now we do have a pretty strict Monday through Friday, nine to five. And if I do message the girls in the evenings and weekends, I'm very apologetic. I'm so sorry. If you're busy, it's okay. But like, I forgot to post this story. We all forgot, whatever. Like, that doesn't happen often, but it does ha- happen sometimes. Or like.
1: So you're talking about work boundaries, like really yeah, trying
0: to contain it. I try to contain the work boundaries. Yeah. Or like, there's been so much going on with COVID and Black Lives Matter. And like, you're really like, oh, I just got this comment. Can you guys help me? What should we do? Can somebody delete this? So we saw, Sometimes we work evenings and weekends, but we try to have really firm boundaries. And we also have a lot of vacation. So almost everybody gets three weeks' vacation off. We usually get a couple weeks at Christmas. Everybody gets their birthday off. And the summer Fridays are flex, so you can decide to work, but you have to like, I'm very much like just I want you, I want them to be happy. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we're all in the same place. Mm-hmm. And this business is important to me. But how much more do I really need? I just want everybody to be happy and feel like a sense of peace and have a good balance. Mm -hmm. Yes, sometimes they're gonna get stressed out and I kind of want that. That stress is good, that stress is healthy, but I don't want anybody to be like, feeling like they're not worthy or they're stressed out. It's just not worth it, what is the point? It's just not worth it, it's not worth it. No, no.
1: Yeah. (sighs) On that note, I feel like you answered the first question okay. and we didn't even and get the to last question two. So I feel like we're gonna have to do a part two yeah, part to this two. at I some point. Yeah, I love it. Maybe we can do it in your um, mm. new office or maybe at, at, at the point. house. Even. Or even at the house. Yeah. Okay. Or not so rapid
0: rapid fire. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. Are you a morning or a night person? Oh, I used to be a night person but I'm now a morning person. You and are? I what actually, time do you wake up? I usually let the kids wake me up. Yeah. Uh, Leo is usually the first one to wake up around, it's actually not that early, 7, 7.30, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. But our kids are still toddlers, so some nights they pee the bed, sometimes they wake up in the middle of the night. Like, I would only say there's two to three nights a week where everybody's getting a solid right. night sleep. And also the dogs freaking sleep with us too. And they're yeah. huge. They're 75 pounds each, they're twice the size of Leo. <laughs> so we basically have like seven humans in our bed. Um, But I now am a morning person, and I love my morning time, Mm -hmm. and now I can't even stay awake past like 10 o'clock. I know. But I used to be a night owl, and that's totally changed, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're a morning person. The
1: next question was, are you an introvert or an extrovert? But we all know you're an extrovert. yeah, for sure, yeah.
0: I mean, come on. But there is a side to that. I do get very awkward in like big crowds, or like speaking, when I do Do speaking engagements, or when I go to other people's weddings, or if, like let's say I I get invited to a charity event, but I'm not the like main person, I get like, oh, like I am an extrovert, but I like staying at the house. I like staying. You, okay, yeah. so you have always liked being at home. Yeah. You're a homebody. So I've always but been like that. Like Thank you. But you like having people come over. Yeah, that is me.
1: That is you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What is one goal you're determined to accomplish in your lifetime?
0: Having a farm. Really? Huh. Is this a new goal? If you, on my phone, I have a list of all my bucket list items, and I've almost okay. done all of them. So, like, having kids, having a dog, um, oh, that's I don't know, there's a lot of things on there that I'm, like, what, wow, going to, like, a Bruce Spring's. no, not Bruce Springsteen, Rod Stewart concert, Bruce Springsteen I haven't done. <laughs> but, um, I think a farm would be awesome, because I feel like it would contribute to my kids' totally. like, life, and also the environment, For and sure. my own wealth and wholeness and everything.
1: When I was shooting the show for Netflix, um, I one thing I did love about the show is that the directors and a few people that were on the show were so creative mm-hmm. and it was just such a cool experience to be outside of Vancouver and working with other creative talent. And the people who I really looked up to creatively all grew up on a farm.
0: Really? Yeah. Do you know a farm boy, Fine Arts? Oh, yeah. He grew up on a farm. He's like a rancher. Right. You have
1: so much land, you've got these animals, you're forced to use your imagination, you end up being really
0: creative. I love that. Okay, do you have any pet peeves? Okay, one of my frickin' biggest cut thieves in the world where I'm really vocal about it, is when you're at the airport and your bags are coming down and people have to crowd the, air, the luggage, so you, not only you can't see your luggage, but when you do find your luggage, you gotta take everybody down getting your luggage down. If everybody just stood back like three feet, then you could see your luggage was was coming, yeah. you step forward, you grab your luggage, and you step frickin' back. Yeah. Like, you don't need to be touching the luggage carousel.
1: I'm the girl touching the luggage carousel, I'm the girl with one leg up, Yeah, <laughs> hanging yeah, out. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you want to know my pet peeve? Yeah. My pet peeve is, um, if you have a work email, have your contact info in your signature. Oh, how yeah. do you have a work email, like how do I get a hold of you? Where is your phone number? Even if you send it from your I iPhone,
0: don't you don't? No. Where are each other's pet peeves? I don't want people to contact me. <laughs> They can email me, I've just emailed you, that's my contact information. Oh, you would drive me crazy, but I have
1: your phone number, so we're fine. Okay. (laughs) What's your favorite book?
0: Okay, so, God, so I am reading um, How to Be Anti-Racist. Oh, okay. I am reading that right now. It is a big book, and it's hard on the heart, but it's good. Um, I'm not a reader. I honestly do not understand people who are working and have kids, how they have time to watch TVs, work out, listen to podcasts, have a social life, read, any of those things. I don't understand that. But the best book that I ever read to my knowledge is two books. One is The Art of Happiness, which I felt like fueled a lot in to me. Like I really love that the Dalai Lama wrote it right yeah I loved it and it actually really taught me a lot about like spirituality like everybody in our family is baptized except for me and I'm like not happening I believe in my like goodness as just a human being so the art of happiness and the Trilogy of Fifty Shades of Grey, which was <laughs> oh the my fucking god. sexiest, raunchiest, coolest book I've ever read. i read the whole trilogy in like, like two all weeks. three of them. I was like, oh, oh my god. That's so funny. And I, I didn't really read many books ever since because I'm like, how could anything- How can anything top this? Yeah. <laughs> so that <everybody laughs> pretty much describes you as a person. I feel like I'm a wholesome person, but also like a kind of gay person. I love so.
1: that. Oh, yeah. I love that.
0: <laughs> what do you want to be remembered for? I think just being fun. Fun and I want people to be comfortable around me and feel themselves around me, and like no matter what's going on, they can always like pop over or call me yeah. or say anything to me without judging them. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I feel like you are that person. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: i just keep on doing this. You're then. like the fun girl. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> what's the first thing you do when you get an idea? I text Shay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah what, fair. I text Shay, and sometimes I'll te- text the whole team, but I usually text one of the girls and say, like, I just had an idea, and they're usually like, oh, my God, like, stop it with your ideas. I'm but, like, yeah. what? It's 11 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the first thing I do. Okay. And they're awesome, because they'll put it into the meeting minutes for the next monthly meeting. Have you read Rocket Fuel? No.
1: Is it good? Okay, you need to read this book. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like you and Shay already have this relationship, but it's all about the relationship between the visionary and the integrator. Okay. And
0: you are the visionary yeah. and
1: Shay is the integrator. Yeah. And you guys don't know this, but you are. In yeah. the textbook. So you're the one with all the ideas. Yeah. Sometimes good, sometimes not good. Yeah.
0: And she tells me when they're not good.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. need to have an integrator. Because mm-hmm. if you are able to yeah. be the visionary, Corey. which is your sweet spot. Yeah. Then, and you're not bogged down with like the day-to-day, the operation, all that kind of stuff, Yeah. then that's what makes your business thrive.
0: Who are you loving on Instagram right now? So I just shared this person, Christina Lowen. She's okay. um, from the Okanagan. She's a mom of two. She is an influencer, but she just has such a like pure vibe and I love her photography is different than mine. Everything is different, I love it. Like lifestyle, is she lifestyle? Or lifestyle, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. i also the owner of Birch Hill Studio, her name is Sierra Harris. Okay. She's a bit much for some people. She swears like a trucker and she doesn't hold anything back but I kinda wanna be her in my next life. So like last night she's like this, she's like, you guys, it's Wednesday night, 7.30, is starting tomorrow and I have no idea what my kid is doing. What the fuck is going on with such and such a school? I'm sorry. But she says it in a way that is so endearing. Like you, you, you don't find it abrasive. At least I don't. And I'm like, how does she communicate with all these F-bombs and so harshly? But she does such a good job of it. Okay, I love that. I'm going to have to look her up. Meg Boggs,
1: she... You said this. Yeah. Okay, so I had a day, I was telling these guys, I had a day where I listened to like four podcasts back-to-back of just you to do some research and and I was like cleaning my house and organizing my closet and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm like overloaded with Jillian right
0: now. Yeah, 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 (laughs) okay, good, I like that.
1: And you said Meg Boggs and I follow her now too because of this.
0: She doesn't like it when people call her brave because she's like why am I brave just because I'm she's a bigger girl She's a bigger girl, but she has no problem being in a bikini. No, honestly, she works probably. out all the time She's 1,000% more fit than me I just love that she's redefining things for people like my mom or my cousin Steph who are not a size 2 or a size 0 And that defines beauty or fitness or health or any of those things my cousin Steph has always just been What do you want to call that just like? voluptuous, Voluptuous. big boobs, yeah, big laugh, feminine personality. I love it. Yeah, feminine. Like I look like a 90 year old man when I'm naked. I'm not gonna (laughs) lie. So I'm like, this is femininity, but. (laughs) <laughs> We're not all made the same. Oh, Shayla Stonechild. Oh, who's I from know Vancouver. Who that is. Okay. So she's indigenous. I found her when mm. the Black Lives Matter movement happened, and I really wanted to focus on. Is the she ind- the
1: black and white photo that you posted?
0: No, that was it. That's a oh. photographer. She works at Common oh, Ground. Oh, that's a girl
1: that works at Common Ground. Yeah.
0: We designed Common Ground. Oh, you did? The gym, that, the studio that she works at. Sometimes I feel like she's speaking right at me as an influencer. She's like, there's a new movement. People are not going to be listening to influencers, they're going to be listening to people who are in touch with it. And I'm like, Oh my God. Okay, I gotcha. Uh You're talking to me. I'm gonna, I'm working on that. I'm working on myself, but she's just like so smart and she's so confident and she's so educational and sometimes feel uncomfortable following her because I feel like she's speaking, like calling me out but I don't think she is because I think she likes me but maybe she is a little bit. Maybe I need to be called out. I don't know, but I just love how confident she is. She's not afraid of sharing her thoughts and sometimes her theories or her values don't always align with mine, but I like the way she delivers it. Right. I can... I can okay, I gotta yeah. look her up. Yeah. Okay, Still I gotta look people, her up. Yeah. What is your superpower? I got this, my superpower is I forgive so easily. Oh, I do that's not a hold the grudge. Superpower. I don't hold the grudge. It's too much energy for me. Like it's I'm too lazy. I can't hold the grudge. I got better shit to do. I get mad. I tell people I'm pissed off and I'm over it. You
1: yeah. know, and now that you say that, that's definitely my mom's superpower, yeah. but I feel like I might have to adopt that one because i I feel like I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I don't take anything personally yeah. and I don't care. Whatever, yeah. let's move on.
0: Yeah, and you get yeah. you get upset, you're like, i got to tell you something, I'm pissed off at you. And the other person get mad or they don't get mad and then you're like, Okay. Let's get on with it. Yeah, moving on. Mm. Okay, last question. What's the one
1: thing, knowing what you know now, that you would tell your 19-year-old self?
0: One thing, I think the one thing would have to be just treating people with kindness. I think because there are times that I feel like I've been snippy or defensive, I am fiery, I'm European. It's hard for me to say this because sometimes you're just cranky, right? But I think, like, there's a lot of things that come with that, is, like, be patient with yourself, which is the same, and be kind to yourself. Like, there's so many nights where I went to bed, like, questioning what I said or what I did, and that anxiety doesn't matter. That already happened. And I I think you stress out about what you say or did more than the other people. People actually don't really care about what you say or did. Totally. Everybody's caring about themselves, right? Totally. And I do think slowing down a little bit, for me... Because I am a very fast-paced person. I talk fast. I, like, get speeding tickets. I get... Oh, yeah. Everything's fast. Yeah. But I also feel like that's part of the magic as well. If I slow down, probably a lot of those things wouldn't have have happened. And just to trust. Trust that things will work out. Because I always worried about my mom and my parents and myself. And am I ever going to have babies? And am I ever going to find the one? And Justin's mom always tells me, always assume goodwill. Always assume goodwill. So whenever you go to be pissed off at somebody, somebody cuts you off, somebody who's mean to you in the grocery line, your husband makes you mad, whatever, always assume goodwill. Assume that they didn't mean to anger you, even with yourself. Assume that you meant to do the right thing. And when you do that, all of a sudden, your weight lifts and you're like, shit, maybe that person is just going through a bad day or maybe that person just had so much on their plate or maybe I did something. And so always assume goodwill helps you Just be a little bit freer and lighter.
1: Was I right to repurpose this for the podcast? I think I was, right? It was fun listening to this conversation. I think the audio was really, really strong. Um, Definitely a different kind of conversation, very lighthearted, a lot of fun, but I think there was still tons of valuable information. What I especially loved about Jillian's story is all the twists and turns, the trials and tribulations that she went through to build her brand, cultivate her business, and really build her team. Um, As all of us entrepreneurs, you know, it's a... uh, you learn by doing and you sometimes just have to take risks and try new things and you figure out along the way what works and what doesn't. There's never really a recipe that you can follow that's going to guarantee success. Unfortunately, this is the journey of traveling the path least traveled and really venturing into the unknown. And I think that Chill's story really showcases that. Another thing that I really loved about this conversation and just love about her and the way that she's built her business is that she really has done a great job of doing her superpower and only her superpower. So she has done a great job of being the face of her brand, the face of her company, and that is her superpower. That is her unique genius. That is the thing that ultimately brings in the revenue into her business and her company. And she empowers her team around her to take on everything else, whether that's the day-to-day, the operations, or whatever other tasks and roles that might be. I mean, to me as an entrepreneur and looking at her, watching her do this, I find that incredibly inspiring because that's always one of the challenges of being the founder and the business owner of a small business. It's really easy to get sucked into the day-to-day. It's really easy to get caught in the weeds and difficult to get out of that. It's something that I'm always focused on and is a, challenge, a personal challenge for me. So I really am inspired by someone like her who seems to do it so effortlessly. I would love, of course, to hear from all of you if you've made it this far into the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for listening to these shows. And yeah, I'm I'm so curious to know what your big takeaway was from this conversation. Make sure you tag both myself and Jillian, just at Jillian Harris on Instagram. Make sure you tag us both. Let us know what resonated with you. And as always, love you guys so much. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you